Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. Refined grains, yeah, they're convenient and they cook quickly, but they're a starch bomb with no other nutritive value. Compare that to whole grains. They've got more of 17 nutrients, 25% more protein and fiber and fat and iron. It's a no-brainer. We've got to be feeding whole grain foods to babies. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. All right, tell me honestly, when you hear the term whole grains, what comes to mind? Like, do you cringe and you're like, oh, I know I should be eating more of those. Are you like, yes, I love borrow and I love spelt. I think for a lot of us, when we're in the baby feeding phase, we're like, yes, I know whole grains are important for my baby, but I'm pretty confused about how to safely feed whole grains to my baby. Well, you are in luck because today's episode is all about whole grains and how to safely feed whole grains for baby led weaning. Now, I like to start these mini baby led weaning training episodes with a BLW tip of the day. And so today I'm talking to those parents who might be stuck in the rice, pasta, and potato rut. Okay, those are sources of carbohydrate. They're just a few of the carbohydrate foods that babies can eat. And carbohydrates are important. So I'm not dissing rice, potato, or pasta, but there's a ton of other grains out there babies can eat. 
And carbs are an important source of calories for babies who are learning how to eat. And yes, they do get carbohydrate from some fruits and to a lesser degree vegetables and some dairy products, but we can't ignore like the huge food category that babies can safely eat and where they should be getting their carbohydrates from. And that is whole grains. And I know you guys are hearing some of the myths out there. You'll hear people say, well, babies can't eat whole grains. Or there's sometimes people ask me, I've heard that babies can't digest whole grains. And is that true? And the whole point of this podcast, if you take nothing else away, is that that's not true. It's absolutely not true. There are a few groups of babies who should avoid certain grains. So A, if your baby has a diagnosed wheat allergy, not you guessing if they have a wheat intolerance or gluten tolerance. I'm talking about confirmed diagnosed wheat allergy. And don't forget, more than 50% of food allergy test results when they're positive are false positives. So if you do have an actual wheat allergy or your baby does rather, then don't feed wheat containing foods, obviously. Now, if your baby has celiac disease, so that's an autoimmune disease, whereby the baby can't tolerate gluten, and that's gluten is the protein found in wheat, rye, and barley because it causes damage to the intestine and other organs around the intestine, then don't feed those foods to your baby. Now, we should probably do a whole separate episode on celiac disease, but basically if a first degree relative does have diagnosed celiac disease, then yes, that baby is at higher risk than the non-celiac family baby of getting celiac. But really, like I don't want you guys to be scared about it or even associate whole grain intake with celiac disease if it's not in your family, because the overall prevalence rates of celiac disease in infancy is actually very, very low. And if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time or followed any of my trainings, you know I'm always talking about the importance of waiting until your baby is six months to start solid foods. But we really know from the data that really early introduction of gluten prior to six months of age, that's actually associated with an increased risk of celiac disease. So just in case you need another reason to wait until your baby is ready to eat solids at six months of age, plus when showing the other signs of readiness to feed, if you do it too early, you actually increase the risk of celiac disease. So tip of the day, don't be scared to feed your baby grains, preferably whole grains. Let's bypass the refined white grains for as long as possible. Unfortunately, refined white grains comprise so much of the typical baby's diet if they're fed commercial baby food or if they're bred onto what we call the standard American diet, has like the most appropriate but really unfortunate acronym of SAD, standard American diet. But it is sad because it's really high in refined carbohydrates, which are the opposite of whole grains, as you will learn. So hang tight because I'm going to be showing you some easy ideas for making whole grains appropriate and safe for babies to eat starting at six months of age. And I'm not talking about like oh, instead of white rice cereal, you should feed your baby whole grain cereal. And I'm saying that like a little tongue in cheek and a little facetiously, because honestly, there are a lot of pediatricians out there who that's the recommendation. Instead of spoon feeding white cereal, you should spoon feed whole grain cereal. Well, you'd never need to spoon feed any cereal to your baby because at six months of age, babies can learn how to feed themselves. And I'll talk about whole grain cereal. Oatmeal is a great one, but you don't need to go be buying special whole grain baby cereals and like patting yourself on the back. Oh, at least it's not white rice cereal. Your baby doesn't have to even eat those baby foods. You can if you want to, but I think one of the benefits of baby led weaning is that you can feed your baby modified versions of the same foods the rest of the family is eating. And I don't know about you, but I'm not eating an expensive whole grain cereal that's really designed for babies. We don't have to do that. So we're going to skip that and go right into whole grains that babies really can eat. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So let's start with the what of whole grains. What are whole grains? I think one of the best resources for whole grains is the Whole Grains Council, and they define whole grains as including foods like wheat and corn and rice, oats, barley, quinoa, sorghum, spelt, rye. There's like a list that goes on and on and on, but they're referred to as whole grains because they're eaten in their whole form. So what does the whole form mean? There's three parts of a whole grain, the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. Okay, when you eat a refined grain, The manufacturers, the processors, they throw out the bran, they throw out the germ, and all you get is the endosperm. So we'll start there. That's the fat, starchy, middle of the grain that has carbohydrate in there, but not a lot of other nutrition. Now, because we know that that's a nutritionally inferior product, by law in the United States, manufacturers are required to put those nutrients, some of the nutrients that they took out, back into the refined grains. So they strip them down to nothing, and then they put a little bit of nutrition back. It's kind of silly. Why don't we just eat? the whole grain to begin with, which has the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. And why is that better? Because the bran is where the fiber lives, as well as the B vitamins. The germ is where the fat lives, some protein, and other vitamins. So when we eat a whole grain, again, we get the bran, the germ, and the endosperm, which from a nutritional standpoint is more desirable because without the bran and the germ, it's estimated that about 25% of a grain's protein is lost and then it's greatly reduced in at least 17 key nutrients. The benefit of whole grains, again, you're getting that combination of the bran, which is the outer layer of the whole grain, and the germ, which is like the seed, as well as the endosperm, which is the starch. So with refined grains, all you get is carbohydrate starch. You don't get fiber, you don't get protein, you don't get fat, you don't get the important B vitamins. You do to get some, they add them back in, they add a little bit of iron back in too. But with a whole grain, you get the fat, you get the fiber you get the protein, you get the iron and you get the B vitamins plus the carbohydrate that should be fueling your baby's body. It's a win-win situation. Now, when can we do whole grains for babies? I mentioned that there is a lot of misinformation out there. People will say things like babies cannot digest whole grains. They certainly can digest whole grains. In fact, it's thought that a baby's anatomy is actually capable of digesting the majority of nutrients as early as three or four months of age. But of course, we don't feed those nutrients at three or four months of age because baby's not safe to swallow anything except breast milk or formula. And just because they can do it doesn't mean they should because there could be some other negative caveats. I talked about early introduction of gluten, for example, increasing the risk of celiac disease. So from a physiological standpoint, yes, your baby can digest whole grains. And we start feeding foods other than breast milk or formula at around the six month mark. But sometimes parents will think, well, I should do the refined grains because 
They're so much gentler on the baby's gut. And that's really not a benefit. And that's certainly not true. There's no data to suggest that digestion of refined grains is easier on the baby than the digestion of whole grains. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer to digest fiber and fat and protein compared to just carbohydrate, but that's a good thing. So how can we feed babies whole grains? If you think about the list of whole grains, and if you've heard of things like barley or brown rice, buckwheat, bulgur, millet, popcorn, we don't feed popcorn to babies. That's certainly a choking hazard. But if you're looking for like a good whole grain snack for you as an adult, heck yeah, popcorn, unless you go put a ton of butter and salt all over it. But we're also thinking about things like quinoa and amaranth. These are examples of whole grains, but they tend to be really small pieces, right? So a baby would require their pincer grasp in order to pick up a very small piece of quinoa. And I don't know, even like you and me, I got a great pincer grasp, but I don't want to be eating quinoa with my fingers. So we generally can feed these whole grains, which can be challenging for babies to pick up prior to having their pincer grasp. We can feed them in a fritter format. So I love to take cooked whole grains and make them into fritters, which are fry cakes or patties that have usually an egg or some sort of other binding agent in there. You can mix it with cooked vegetables, with other protein. It's a great thing to do if you have like leftover farro or leftover bulgur. Um, I did a whole episode actually on fritters, episode 143. It was part of my baby led weaning basics recently. It was a series that we did. And this episode was how to make fritters for self-feeding babies. So I go into more detail there about fritters using whole grains. And you can check that episode about fritters out if you go to blwpodcast.com forward slash 143. So you can do fritters. Another thing that you can do is that many of the whole grains actually make a really nice porridge or hot cereal. So if you look at you know different food cultures around the world, most food cultures have at least one porridge concept. For the most part, they generally are made out of a whole grain. They can be refined grains. We do want to stay away from refined grains for the reasons discussed earlier. But if you're, you know, a typical, let's say, individual in the United States, you're probably familiar with oatmeal. Okay, oatmeal is a wonderful whole grain that when you cook it is in more of a puree form than something you would pick up with your hands. Although watch your baby with oatmeal, they'll try to use the preloaded spoon you're offering, but they're also going to try to eat it with their hands. And of course, many other food cultures use different grains in order to make a porridge. So you certainly could do that. I just want you to know that's not the only food that your baby can eat. Because most people, when they're coming into the weaning period, are like, babies eat rice cereal or babies eat cereal, and that's it. And hopefully, if you're a student of baby-led weaning, you recognize the vast majority of foods that babies can eat, porridge or oatmeal being one of them. I like to use oatmeal as a medium to introduce other foods, potentially allergenic foods in particular. You can stir smooth, unsalted, unsweetened peanut butter into cooked oatmeal in order to thin that peanut butter out and make it less sticky, ergo safer for the baby to eat. You can also do that with almond and other nut butters because we don't serve sticky globs of nut butters to babies. So yes, you're feeding a whole grain, but you're also using it as a medium in some ways to introduce other potentially allergenic foods in the case of tree nuts and peanuts. I love to use oatmeal as a medium for introducing things like canned pumpkin, for example. Babies love pumpkin oatmeal. And if you're not inclined to like steaming your own fresh pumpkin, you can use a can of canned pumpkin and mix that into the oatmeal. You want to just make sure that you are avoiding the pumpkin pie mix because that has added sugar. You want to get the plain canned pumpkin. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And if you need more information about how to safely feed your baby pumpkin, I actually have a whole episode. It's episode 69. It's called Pumpkin, Five Easy Ways Your Baby Can Safely Eat Pumpkin. And that's at blwpodcast.com slash 69. So you can do whole grains in a fritter form. You can do whole grains in a porridge form. You can also do whole grains in ways that you might eat them. So I know for me, I try, I do get stuck occasionally in the rice, potato, and pasta rut, especially when you have kids. Those are very easy and quick ways to make a grain, especially if you need to get dinner on the table. But if you're inclined to be mapping out your baby's food or thinking a little bit down the road, these whole grains, if you cook them ahead of time, you can incorporate them into all sorts of other dishes. But like if it's like just time to start dinner and you sit down with a bag of sorghum, like I hate to break it to you, it is not going to turn into something edible like in the next two minutes. Now, caveat there is if you have an Instant Pot or a pressure cooker, you can certainly cook these grains in a significantly reduced amount of time. I know a lot of you guys listening have an Instant Pot that you probably got for your wedding or a gift somewhere along the way. And now you have a baby and you have not taken the Instant Pot out of the box. The baby is a really good incentive to start using your Instant Pot. And if you need a great place to start, just learn how to cook like five basic whole grains. So if you guys have my 100 First Foods list, I have 20 different whole grains on there, a lot of which work well in an Instant Pot or a slow cooker. Actually, I have a whole podcast episode where I had Jenna Helwig on. She's on Instagram at Real Baby Food. And so she wrote a cookbook all about how to use a slow cooker for making baby foods. And she gives some great advice in there about grains. That's episode number 66. And it was called BLW Food Fast and Slow Instant Pot Cooking with Jenna Helwig. So if you're scared of your Instant Pot and you're scared of whole grains, like put the two things together and you'll be like, wow, that wasn't even that bad. When it comes to making fritters, one thing I always share is that dried out cooked whole grains work way better than like wet soupy ones. So I like to cook like two or three different types of whole grains ahead of time. Like if I'm doing any degree of meal prep, and then just have them already ready so I can mix them in to stews or casseroles. I'll put them into pancakes. I'll make a porridge out of them. I'll do fritters with them. If I'm eating a salad, I'll put them in there. There's components of a salad that babies can eat. I just try to cook them without added salt. So normally for myself, I would make them in broth, which can be high in sodium, but you can cook them in a low sodium broth. You can certainly do them low and slow if you don't have a pressure cooker, but I think if you're into saving time, The pressure cooker with the whole grains is really, really key. So there is a whole list of whole grains. I have 20 grain foods in the starchy food category of my 100 first foods list. Things like barley and buckwheat, bulgur. I show you how to do cereal safely, cornmeal, couscous. I'm going in alphabetical order here if you didn't notice. Farro, frica, camut, millet, oatmeal, polenta, potatoes, quinoa, rice, sorghum, spelt sweet potato, teff, and wheat germ. This is just not a fraction. It's a pretty good percentage, but there's 20 different grain foods right there that babies can safely learn how to eat. And so if you're interested in pushing your baby's palate to try these whole grains, my digital program, the 100 First Foods Field Guide, 
This is a program that I co-teach with my friend and colleague, Dawn Winkleman. She's a speech language pathologist and feeding expert. We join forces together to show you how to feed your baby these 100 different foods, 20 of which are whole grains. So I'm explaining from the nutrition standpoint what Frika is, why you would want to do it, what sort of recipes you might incorporate it in. And Dawn shares in our program how to safely feed Frika because you can't just give babies little tiny pieces of cooked whole grain when they're six or seven months of age and expect them to be able to safely eat it. So if you're interested in joining our 100 First Foods program, it's only open for a very, very short period each year. It's currently open at the time that this podcast is being released. If you go to 100firstfoods.com, you can sign up to join the program. We are teaching it for the last time in 2021 in August. So if you have a baby who's starting solid foods anytime towards the end of 2021, definitely consider this program. It also comes with eight weeks of live private coaching that Dawn and I do together. So we're there to answer your questions and help you out if you get stuck on camut or quinoa or buckwheat. And so it's a wonderful program in the sense that we're not only educating you about how to feed all of these grains and foods safely, but we're also there to answer your questions directly about your baby in case you get stuck. So head to 100firstfoods.com if you want to check it out. If you're catching this episode at a time when the program is not open for enrollment, you can add your name to the waitlist and we'll send you an email so you can get notified when the program is open again. But hopefully you can come check it out and join us as we help push your baby's palate through 20 different whole grains. I'm also gonna link everything that I'm talking about in this episode up on the show notes, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 151. Thanks so much for listening. Bye now. <music>